Well, uh, hello again. It's uh, great to see you and to have one more opportunity to share with you uh, a couple of thoughts on another of the fruit of the Spirit. And this week we're going to be reflecting in particular on the fruit of gentleness, thinking about a couple of verses which I preached on on Sunday just gone, uh, taken from the beginning of Philippians 4. I'll talk about Philippians in a moment but before I do I want to briefly recap on what uh, was the big idea I tried to get across on Sunday namely that what we think God is like will have a major bearing on how we relate to other people and how we communicate the gospel there's a famous quote by the uh, American journalist H.L. Mencken his definition of Puritanism, which he described as the haunting fear that someone, somewhere, may be happy. Now, perhaps we can see why people might fall into this trap. If your idea of God is that he is primarily someone who disapproves of any kind of fun, then you will be determined to stop other people having fun. That may even become what you think of as a God-given mission. If you think God is primarily angry in his relating to the world, your form of evangelism might consist of a lot of shouting. If you think God doesn't care too much about morality, but just wants us to be happy and materially blessed, that he's some kind of celestial uh, sugar daddy, then you'll become a prosperity gospel preacher. And so it goes on. And as I said on Sunday, if you think of God as gentle, and that's how Jesus famously describes himself at the end of Matthew 11, then it will be important to you to express your faith in a gentle way. We didn't explore this on Sunday, but I think we see another memorable example of this principle earlier in the book of Philippians itself. Paul tells the Philippian Christians in chapter 2 to value others more than they value themselves, to put the interests of others above their own. And of course, he goes on to say that in all of this, you need to have the same attitude, the same mindset as Jesus. Jesus who gives up the privileges of heaven, who, who being in very nature God, didn't use this to his advantage. Instead, he becomes a human, even uh, a slave, the famous Christ hymn of Philippians 2. If we have an understanding of God's character, which sees a love of others, uh, the willingness to serve as central to who he is, then we will attach more significance to the service of others. And this is the pattern we've encountered, there's a theme emerging here, in a number of our other sermons and studies. If we see Jesus as the Prince of Peace, we will be more inclined to act in ways that make for peace. If we understand that God's loving kindness is better than life, then we will be more ready to show kindness to others. If we think of Jesus as being kind, as being easy on us, his yoke being easy, will go easy on others. So let's take a little bit more time to explore what this looks like with regards to gentleness. 
So, a first question to reflect on this week. How do we respond to the idea of a gentle God? On Sunday, you might recall that there were a couple of passages which we drew upon uh, to help us in our reflections of, of what I spoke of as God's gentleness. Uh, I mentioned Matthew 11 a few moments ago in the introduction where Jesus speaks of himself as gentle. And we also looked at Isaiah 42 and the description we find there of the servant of God, perhaps uh, a picture given to Israel about its own mission during exile, perhaps also uh, a prophecy about the uh, nature of the Messiah Jesus when he comes. I think probably both. But the description we have there of the servant of God who doesn't shout or raise his voice in the streets, he will respond uh, gently and with compassion to those who are wounded or fragile, the bruised reed or the smouldering wick. Now I realise there are lots of descriptions given to us of God in the Bible and some of them focus on his strength, his power, his resolve to act in ways that bring about justice in the world. But we can't also escape what is revealed in these verses from Matthew and Isaiah, how they do reveal an aspect of God's character, which is not ready to impose himself on us, which is full of tenderness and compassion. I wonder how we really feel about a God who acts in this way. Does this fit within our expectations of what an all-powerful God should be like? Do we find this comforting or disconcerting? And what might our reaction to the idea of God's gentleness, whether we are pleased about it or uh, a little bit disconcerted, what might that be saying about us? Why don't you uh, hit the pause button and uh, take a little bit of time to talk this over between yourselves. I'll be back in a moment. And so our second question this week, if gentleness matters, why do we sometimes struggle to be gentle? As I was saying on Sunday, I think it's quite telling that this uh, exhortation Paul gives to the Philippians, uh, let your gentleness be, be evident to all, it doesn't just come in isolation. It's, it's found in a section of the letter which contains other encouragements. Paul urges the Philippians to have an attitude of constant rejoicing. He reminds them that God is near. Uh, and I'm not sure whether that means uh, he is near in terms of time. You know, the re return of Jesus is just around the corner. Or that he means God is near in terms of being uh, present. He feels close. But either way, it's a word of assurance. And then he also urges the Philippians not to be anxious, to hand their concerns over to God. 
And with that word of exhortation comes a promise. Do this, says Paul, uh, and you will find God giving you a peace which will guard your hearts and minds in, in Christ Jesus. Remember, we spoke about the idea of Paul. He's in his uh, house arrest as he's writing his letter. He looks up, he sees a guard, uh, a sentry, uh, maybe keeping an eye on him. And he thinks actually of the peace of God, which guards him. And then, of course, he goes on as well. Verses 8 and 9, there's that encouragement to think on things which are lovely, which are good, which are going to build us up. You might want to take some time now to reflect on this question and also on the connection between gentleness and uh, a lack of anxiety, being able to relate to those around you in a way which is gentle uh, and calm and relaxed because you know God's joy, because you've made yourself open to God and you've received his peace. Could it be that deep down we are sometimes struggling to be gentle because we're actually struggling to trust God? You might want to take some time to reflect on that now. But before you do, here's uh, another member of the ministry team with some of their thoughts on this question. So our third question this week, how does God want me to make my gentleness evident to others? As you're talking this survey, you might also want to think of the question in this way. In, in what ways might uh, the ways we relate to others need to change to convey more of the gentleness Paul is talking about here? Now, if you were with us on Sunday, you might remember how I shared some quotes from Tim Farron, who is an MP. Uh, he's well known as the former leader of the Liberal Democrats. He is also a very committed Christian. And in an article he wrote a couple of years ago, he talks about how so often the letters he receives from his constituents who are Christians, who write to him beginning the letter as a Christian, they don't often come across especially well. They have a tendency towards uh, a tone which feels moralistic. Uh, they often focus on quite a narrow set of issues, the sort of issues Christians might have a tendency to get on their soapbox about. You might want to talk about that and how it makes you think, maybe challenges you a bit on the times when you feel it's right to speak up or speak out about faith or you work, uh, with your family, with your friends, maybe even uh, getting our pen and paper and writing a letter. How do we do this in a gentle way, in a way which communicates that we care, that we get it, that we are people who have encountered and know uh, a God of love, a God who wants to bless, and that we want to share that love and blessing with others. Again, why don't you hit the pause button now and uh, take some time to reflect on this together.
Well, friends, thank you again for joining us. I hope it's been a good time of conversation. And uh, time's almost gone now. Can I encourage you to take a moment to uh, pray over these issues uh, with each other and to pray as well into whatever else that you are uh, sharing, you are reflecting upon as you share life uh, as home groups, whatever you're supporting each other in. Before you do that, though, uh, let me pray for you myself. Gracious God, we come to you now confident of your compassion and encouraged by the assurance that in you we find one who is gentle and tender with a wideness in your mercy. We thank you for the promises you make to those who are bruised and smouldering, promises we take heart in, knowing ourselves to be people who are all too aware of the wounds we carry. Please deepen our joy, dispel our anxiety and turn it into assurance. Please help us to move from the place of fear to the place of peace. And from this place, may we be those who speak of your love in gentle ways, with healing hands, voices not raised, with feet that are lovely, because we are the ones who bring good news. Amen. God bless friends and uh, I'll see you all soon.